What is up, IDP Army? It is your man, Jordan Reigns, back again with another episode of the IDP Army podcast. We are talking fantasy football, all things fantasy football, IDP related today. We're going to do some rankings, updates, go through some news, some notes, things of that nature, give you guys an idea of you know how I'm viewing things uh, over the last few weeks through free agency, etc., going into the draft. Um, should be a good show. Tag along. I appreciate y'all being here. I'm gonna hit this intro and we'll get right to it. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. All right, if it's your first time with us, we appreciate you being here. This is the IDP Army podcast, talking all things fantasy football, you know, focusing mostly on uh, IDP fantasy football, though. The last few weeks or the last few shows I've done have been focusing on ranking, so you can go back and check those out. I did my overall top, like, 15 IDPs going into the year. I did my defensive back show, did my defensive line show, and then the linebacker show. Uh, you know, those have already changed a little bit, you know, uh, you know, I've been looking at things, seeing new things, doing more research. So some of those um, rankings that you will see there, I'm going to change up. And I'm actually going to talk about that today on this show. I'm going to talk about some players that I'm feeling a little differently on. We're going to talk about some news, some guys I have moved up in the ultimate IDP index, which if you have not subscribed to our Patreon, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP army. Get in the Black Ops tier and you'll get access to the Ultimate IDP Index, which I've been doing some uh, updates to. All the production profiles are top-notch. You'll see nothing like it in the industry. But um, it's mostly, you know, the thing about it is it, it's, it's a living, breathing organism. So I'm changing the rankings all the time. Uh, it's tiered IDP rankings. It's got trade values. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in there. But you can support us by doing that. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a thumbs up. We'd appreciate it. But uh, let's start with a little bit of news idp related um and i'm just looking right now at nbc sports edge this is some of the top news of the idp day today is march 28th 2022 we got free agent uh debril debril peppers had a great last couple of years with the giants on a points per snap basis he is visiting with the patriots i don't know how i feel about that honestly uh, i feel like that might cap a little bit of what Jabril peppers has been i feel like it could hurt a little bit of any sort of Upward momentum we might be getting from Kyle Duggar, but he's a good player. I still believe in Jabril Peppers. He might go down a little bit in the ultimate IDP index if he does sign there, just because I know that Bill Belichick likes to do weird things schematically, and I can't stop him from doing that, you know, so I just have to go with what, what we have there. Um, other recent news, uh, IDP-wise, <clears throat> um, you know, Terrell Edmonds, um, you know, and and the and the, the Steelers, a little bit of not sure what's going on there. Tyron Matthew may end up with the Steelers. It seems like a popular choice. Our safety position outside of Minka has been a little bit fraught. We did spend a high first-round pick on Terrell Edmonds. He did have a great year this last year, but I don't know how the team feels about him. And the stuff about uh, Tyron Matthew, it's, it, it's kind of – I would like him to land there. Let's just put it that way. Texans re-signed Neville Hewitt. This is big. They also re-signed Camu Grugier-Hill. Both uh, Neville Hewitt has in the past few years been a great plug and play linebacker for IDP. Uh, Cameron Grugier Hill did kind of take over as the primary guy this last year for Houston, but Neville Hewitt could easily carve out a role there. Uh, so do not sleep on him if he's on your waivers. 
he's the guy you want to go look at. I don't know if he's in the index or not. If he is, he's in the lower part of the index just because he is one of those guys who comes and goes. But um, good player when he's playing. So you definitely want to keep an eye on him. This is a fun piece of news, and I actually have him here in my uh, rankings updates. That's Kazir White. So Kaiser White, Kazir White, I don't know how you say his name exactly, but uh, formerly of the Los Angeles Chargers and then the um, – uh, yeah, San Diego Chargers, not that anymore. Well, Los Angeles Chargers has signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles the last several years have had a really productive linebacker spot, Alex Singleton really being the guy there that's getting most of that done. Because your wife this last year proved himself uh, quite formidable, 144 combined tackles for the Chargers. He was uh, eighth overall in the NFL in combined tackles. Seven of those were tackles for loss. Three passes defended, nothing crazy there, but he did have two interceptions. So. He can move and he can shake, and he's proven himself to be a good linebacker. Um, good enough at least to sign another one-year deal, $5 million, like I said. So that's good for him. Uh, good for Philadelphia, I think. He'll probably be their best linebacker they've had in a while. I, I really like it for him and for them. He moved up the index um, a little bit. And again, the purpose of the show is kind of going to be to give you news updates and kind of players that I'm moving up. So I uh, wanted to touch on him real quick. We'll, we'll circle back to him in a little bit. Um, other big, big news. Looks like the Steelers are looking, again, the safety department. DeMonte KZ has visited them. Bobby Wagner has visited the Rams, and he has visited the Ravens. So we'll see where he ends up. Um, he probably will have his pick of the litter. It's his first time in free agency, and it'll probably be his last. Um, so we'll see. I think the Broncos are still in the mix, too. I just don't think he wouldn't mind going back with Russell Wilson and kind of uh, saying sticking it to Seattle, shall we say, and uh, you know, together. Daniel Sorensen has been a productive safety, a productive defensive back for IDP the last several years. He signs with the uh, Saints. Now I saw some people saying, or Nick Underhill saying, he'll be a great special teams player, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Daniel Sorensen is not a great player, but he knows how to play the game of football at a high level. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. He made incredible plays down the stretch for the Chiefs. Um, and he was called upon to do that as a guy who was a backup player. Um I think he's probably going to be able to be a starting safety on the Saints, personally. So he's a guy that I think you don't want to sleep on. He was a top 12 defensive back two years ago, totally serviceable this last year. Jared Davis, formerly of the Lions, has come full circle. He left for the Jets, now is back with the Lions. Not really sure what it means for IDP purposes. Um, we'll just have to see. Keep keep an eye on him. See, so you got a couple of questions here. Okay, Hustler's in the building. What's up, my brother? Go, go, y'all, if you're watching this on the live stream. Like I said, leave us a thumbs up. Go check out my man, Hustler. He's the live stream king of fantasy football. We got Rugaru in here. Well, that's what's up, man. It's good to see you, Ru. Uh, awesome to have you in here. And then we have uh, Ryan Green. Can I ask you an IDP keeper question? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be streaming. You know, I do have some more content I'm going to cover, but if anyone wants to leave questions or comments in here, I'm going to try to answer those as well, along with the stuff that I kind of had already prepared or about the players that i was going to talk about so yeah go ahead leave it in there and i'll see do my best to answer it for you um all right so let's see where are we at here that's pretty much all the big news um yeah i don't really have anything other crazy idp wise to talk about uh looks like the raiders are signing Jayon brown interesting their linebacker situation is always has been strange you know, Denzel Perryman came out of nowhere last year, was a top linebacker for them. So could be something there. But John Brown has struggled with injuries, staying on the field. So we'll have to see. Um, da, 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 da. All right. I think that's most of the news. So 
The next thing I wanted to go into was a couple of players, like I said, they're moving up or down the rankings. Um, I guess I want to start with who I have here open up the most is a player that has been a great IDP player the last several years. Uh, slowed down a little bit last year, but I don't know if that was really his fault or not. So let me pull up his uh, production profile here for us. But that player is going to be Jordan Hicks. Okay, Jordan Hicks finds himself now, formerly of the uh, Cardinals, Jordan Hicks now finds himself on the, is it sharing? Bingo. Bango. Jordan Hicks now finds himself on the Minnesota Vikings. Signed a two-year deal there. Uh, this is good. He'll be playing next to Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks has worked in tandem before with high-producing level linebackers like uh, Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr at times. Uh, but let's just take a look at Jordan Wilson. Or, uh, not Jordan Wilson. I'm sorry. Jordan Hicks here. This last season, 0.24 points per snap. Not that bad. Only 116 tackles, though. He's two years removed from 150 tackle season in 2019. Those numbers have come down, though, because uh, you, you did see the, the safeties there. And we have seen the safeties for Arizona be very productive the last couple of years. Jalen Thompson emerged, Buda Baker before. So the tackle numbers the last two seasons, 118 in 2020 and 116 in 2021, consistent but not amazingly high. But impact plays, 19 in 2021. 16 and 2020, not super great either. But I will say the last three years, he's played over a thousand snaps. He has remained extremely healthy and he puts up a healthy points per snap number. And we've seen him finish in 2020 or in 2019. He was, he was number one overall. Or he was the number two overall linebacker that season. You can see here on his production profile available in the Ultima IDP index points per snap were right on the threshold of that super elite number. 0.29 is what it was. And he played 1,133 snaps. So some big boy moves there from him. Um, you know, and, I, and it's it's really, he had a, he's had a weird career. You know, started in Philly. We just talked about a Philly linebacker. We'll circle back around to. Arizona was really his coming out party every year since he's been in Arizona. The last three seasons have been his three best seasons. He's gone over 100 tackles each of those last three seasons. He put up double-digit tackles for loss in 2020 and 2019. A little shy this year. But he did manage to get four sacks this year, too. So he is a productive player. He is an active player. And I think he's really going to serve well in this kind of new regime we have with the Minnesota Vikings. So I did move him up in the index a little bit. He was I, I don't think he even moved up a tier, but he moved up a little in the tier. Uh, but I just wanted to give him a little bit of, of love and show him, you know, and people to watch the show that we are definitely in on Jordan Hicks for this year. He's been a great player. Uh, and again, you know, even though the points were down and the tackles were down just a little bit this last year, new situation, known commodity, you're going to be able to probably draft him as a linebacker three. And it wouldn't shock me if you get rock solid linebacker two numbers and potentially uh, upwards from that. So the next player I want to talk about is a player that is going to benefit from the removal of Jordan Hicks. And that is the young man, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons in the index. Uh, I moved him up one tier, just a little bit. I had to move him down at the beginning of last year just because the last two years, he, this last year, he wasn't as productive as I wanted him to be. But I decided to move him up a little bit after the move of Jordan Hicks. This year, 100 in total, five tackles. Really not that bad. 70 of them solo. Points per snap, you know, and I brought this up last year in a video I had comparing him and Logan Wilson. You know, the points per snap this year, 0.23. Nothing to write home about, 
you know, definitely serviceable, a player you're going to probably want in your lineup more weeks than not. At least as a flex player, he's going to be an every week play. But if you go back to his rookie season, when he was doing some crazy things on a points per snap basis, 0.37. That is an outrageously high number. And that's kind of why I, I really emphasized to people coming into last year that what we saw from him was probably not going to be rep, rep, little, replicatable into the next season. Now, I will say this, Jordan, you know, he played plenty of snaps. He played a thousand snaps this last year, only a hundred tackles, 105 total. But Jordan Hicks is going to be out of the way now. Zayvon Collins, another player who may benefit from this a little bit. I didn't move Zayvon Collins up in my rankings. I really want to see a little bit more from him. The thing I will say about Isaiah Simmons, and I'll go back here to his profile from 2020, even though it is an unsustainable number, only 376 snaps, he, you know, put up again, 0.37 points per snap, he's shown that he can have that kind of ceiling. Do I project it? No. But he does have the, uh, he's shown that in spurts, he can be an extremely productive player. Two sacks, you know, uh, an interception, two pass deflections, four tackles for loss during that stretch of only 376 tackles or uh, snaps. I'm sorry there. So another player who I wanted to bring up has gone up a little bit in the index uh, for IDP rankings. Um, And again, he's going to be you know, taking advantage of the fact that Isaiah Simmons or Chandler, oh, sorry, Chandler Jones. No, Jordan Hicks is moving on. All right. Other players I want to bring up. Um, I did briefly want to bring up Jordan Brooks. I had some people asking me about some trade offers for Jordan Brooks. Uh, and we'll get back to rankings updates again. I'm trying a new format out. I'm going to go back and forth. But this is Jordan Brooks numbers in 2020. Uh, this is, you know, his rookie season, not this last year. In 2020, he had 57 uh, total tackles, or 35 of them were solo, only four impact plays, uh, two tackles for loss. Not, you know, an incredible or breathtaking or blow-your-mind kind of season. But he circled back around this last year in 2021 and put up breathtaking IDP numbers. I'm just going to read them to you here. Um, 17 games played, 17 games started, Ironman. Five passes defended, not not elite, not crazy, but definitely serviceable. One fumble recovery, one sack, but his tackles were insane. He had 184 tackles, second most tackles in the NFL, 10 for a loss. And he has room to grow, in my opinion, as an impact player. So if you have that kind of room to grow and you're already putting up solid numbers like this, not even solid numbers, elite numbers like this. And on top of that, we know Bobby Wagner has moved on. This He is a very, very, very valuable asset in IDP for several reasons. One, he's very young. He's only 25, I believe, 25 years old. Let me see where he's at in the index. In the index, he's in my tier two, and he is currently at the age of 24 and a half. You have a runway for this guy of four to five years. Let's say one of those he's injured. You still have three to four years of potentially top five linebacker numbers potentially that's how you could sell it some people will tell you to flip out try to replace those numbers i would ask you that you know one of the very few positions where you can sort of project year over year success um is the linebacker position based on a myriad of different things snaps played style of uh, the defense the player himself i believe that we have a unique value with jordan hicks and if you have jordan hicks do not sell short on him 
I bet you've had people come around asking for him, offering similar-esque-ish linebackers, but guys that you're just, you know, the opportunity, the situation isn't as primo as Jordan Brooks's. This is a unique opportunity to possess a high-level linebacker. I would not move on from him for anything less than a second plus, and that plus isn't a second plus a fourth, okay? But you want to get something useful back for Jordan Brooks, and I felt like it was important to address that because – I've seen some I've had some trade offers come in and honestly they're a little bit undervalued. You're you're you know we're getting the way I look at it is if you have a player like Jordan Brooks who has potential year over year over year top 12 linebacker ability, the stability that can bring your team is huge week to week. You can mess with the variance of other players who may have big weeks or non-big weeks, but the linebacker position you are kind of gifted a little bit more predictability at times with certain players so if i were to get rid of him i would need to get at least a top 24 wide receiver back plus that's my opinion maybe it's wrong maybe it's not but just i'm just telling you do not sell high or short on jordan brooks make sure you get a good return back for him if that is the play for you if you decide that you want to move on from him um, all right, looks like we have a couple of questions in here i'll try to get to those and i'll get back to the last couple of guys who moved up in the rankings so, how do you value TJ Edwards? That is a good question. Let me take a look where I actually have him in the index. I don't think it's very high. He's probably a lower tier player within the index right now. If I had to guess, I'm probably going to guess tier seven. Maybe up a little bit, though. Edwards. I have him in tier five right now. 25 and a half years old. I have him as a buy, 13 impact plays, uh, estimated draft value pick, third round pick. That's what the index is telling me right now. I'm looking at that to kind of give you an idea. Let's take a look at his production profile. 130 total tackles, a very high number for only 685 snaps played. Tackle rate almost 20%. Not sustainable, but in 20, uh, looks like 2020, it was also 14.5%. So it, it's not low, you know, uh, but again, he's an Eagles player. And we did just talk about how I was a very high on because you're white. They did bring him in. They did pay him. They have drafted Edwards. The fact they brought him in makes me think they were looking for a little bit more. So that's kind of like I said, I'm just going to go with what the index is telling me. I have him in tier five. He's a buy. And, you know, a third, if you can get him for less than a third, that, that, that's definitely interesting to me. So great question there from Benjamin Paul on the Twitter or on YouTube. All right. Ryan Green has a question here. Let me see if I can work through this. It looks a little bit complicated. So bear with me. Okay, great. I can keep four of five <clears throat> deep, two QB, three wide receiver, 28 rounder. We start four linebacker, two DL, two defensive backs, eight IDPs total. Do I keep Eric Kendricks in the eighth, Matt Malone in the 19th, Devondre Campbell in the 15th, Kazir White in the 14th, or Harold Landry in the 14th? I would start Landry at the DL spot. I'm already going to keep Eric Hendrickson in the 20th. Thank you, Jordan. Okay, Eric Hendrickson, I guess that's Trey Hendrickson maybe. Um, all right, so you're asking essentially you can keep four of these five. Okay, I mean, honestly, I'd probably just go with the ones who are the cheapest. You know, I would forego Eric Hendricks, an eighth-round pick. Uh, Matt Milano in the 19th round, that's a really great value. I would take that. Devondre Campbell, 15th, Kazir White, and Harold Landry. Yeah, I would just skip out on Eric Kendricks personally if I was 
to go in that scenario. Not because I don't like him, but because the players you're getting after him are similar and you're getting them at multiple rounds, you know, multiple, multiple rounds value later, you know, not two and three rounds later, but some of these guys are, you know, a full seven, eight, six, seven rounds later. So I would definitely try to cash in on that value and still great players. Rougarou with an eventful free agent period. Do you move up players with bad offenses being that they're on the field more? I mean, there is, it's, you know, I kind of look at it all, you know, I just, it's a, it's a full holistic sort of approach. You know, I, I don't try to necessarily project exactly what a, a team's going to do. There are other guys that are so much better at that than me. I love leaning on Mike Clay's projections. Um, I love what the guys over at um, Sharp Analytics do. And I look at that, I kind of view it, you know, and I filter it through what I watch, what I read, what I see, what I've put together in the index and through how IDP fantasy's played, how the league's changing by formations, et cetera. And I try to just put out the best rankings I think you can have. You know, these are the way I would view players. And it changes, you know, things change. These, You know, I've made several changes today. I've made changes over the past several days as more information comes out, you know, TJ Watt, you know, he's staying at the King, but you know, Khalil Mack, is he moving on my bullish or my bearish on him going to the Chargers? I have to think about that, you know, because is this Chargers team still all hype? Looking at you, Brandon Staley in the media, or is this team really going to get it together? He's supposed to be a defensive genius. He had a lot of great players last year. What went wrong? It's a lot to take in, but I do think you have to adjust. They don't have to be massive adjustments, but you know, in fantasy football, it's tinkering. You know, you're it's like it's like poker. You're trying to put together the best lineup you can, and you have to kind of play. You know, and you have to adjust your stack by how the cards are coming. So, I don't make huge, huge moves based on what I perceive the team around them to be. But I will. You know, if I do think a player has a better chance to be better than another player in a different situation, I'm not scared to just move him based on that thought. Um, and I'll move him back if I see something differently. So couple more players I do want to talk about and keep the questions coming. I love them. If you're out there listening, watching, appreciate it. Share the video. Leave a comment. That's always good. Thumbs up. We love that. Subscribe. Check out the podcast as well. We have other great shows. Um, but a couple of players I just wanted to, you know, quickly touch on that I am moving in my rankings. Rashawn Gary. Okay. Was Darius Smith departing? Rashawn Gary has proved himself to be a pretty good uh defensive line player last couple of years, both in ability, according to the powers that be like PFF and people that actually grade, but also in an IDP fantasy. Uh, this last year he finished as, let me see, it's written down over here. Um, where is he? 25, 26. My, my, my light is, oh, 32. So he finished as a top 32 defensive line player. Uh, he did kind of get a chance to do a full role. The, the tackles weren't super high, but Devondre Campbell being there was, was uh, you know, kind of eating into that. But 182 points, that puts him in the realm of players like Brian Burns, who had 197 points, or even players like, oh, I don't know, Trey Hendrickson, 199 points. I mean, he's not far off from those guys. A uh, handful of points, a handful of sacks. I think that this year as a third year, to, or is his fourth year? I believe this is his fourth year as a developmental player. You're going to have a lot of value in Rashawn Gary, so I moved him up. You know, in Dynasty rankings, I think he needs to be viewed properly. Right now in the index, which, again, you can get by going to Patreon, get the Black Ops tier. And he is the top of my tier three, and Zadarius Smith is the bottom of my tier two. So they're back-to-back -back in rankings. Uh, uh, Rashawn Gary, 24 years old. Uh, Zadaria Smith creeping in on 30. So that'll probably flip flop, but they're that close. Okay. In, in how I view them. Um, 
Gary, only 11 impact plays this last year. Uh, Zadarius Smith, just for comparison, did have 20 impact plays in 2020 and 18 in 2019. So big shoes to fill, but I think Gary can get it done. Um, another player that has been adjusted is Chandler Jones. I've moved him down a little bit. Uh, stayed within the same tier, still a tier three player, but at 32 years old, I, I expect good things, big things. But this last year, he did leave a little bit to be desired overall. Um, you know, started out the season really big with five sacks, I believe, in the very first game, but only finished the season with 10 and a half. This was an 18 or 17 game season. So we had a lot of time to make up a lot more sacks. Didn't do it. Um, you know, quarterback hits were there. He was definitely getting pressure. But it, did, it didn't come through. I will say he plays a lot of snaps, 824 this last year. Coming off the injury, you like to see that. Now with the Raiders, healthy. But the, the Raiders are a team that I generally am just trying to avoid. So that and that may be my bias, and I apologize for that, but that's true. So I am moving him down a little bit. I, You know, Max Crosby for me is the guy you want to own there in Dynasty, obviously. I have Max Crosby a full uh, tier ahead of him. Uh, but this after this year, I think Chandler Jones will be moving down even another tier. And by the end of this year, he might go down a tier two just because he's starting to get to that point of aging out in the NFL. Now, let's just take a look here really quick at his production profile. I had it pulled up on my laptop, but maybe I'll pull it up here to show you all. Sorry. 12 tackles for loss this last year. You know, <sighs> I don't know. Playing across from Max Crosby is going to be interesting. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I expected more from Yannick, who is more of a finesse pass rusher. And we have seen the reality is we have seen Chandler Jones be similar to that, where he does shy away from the tackles sometimes. I mean, his tackle numbers are not anything huge. This last year, only 41, 53 two years ago in 2019 when he had a massive season, but 49. Uh, close to 60 several years ago, but he just doesn't offer a very safe floor. So I moved him down a little bit. Like I said, still in the same tier he was in, but he did move down in my rankings, and he's a notable enough player that I felt like it was important to, to bring that up with you guys. Um, another player that's moving, Logan Wilson. I moved him up a little bit. I don't really know why he was down as far as he was in my rankings. I did move him up uh, a little bit. Um, we love Logan Wilson around here, one of my favorite breakout candidates last year. I mean, he's incredible in coverage. I mean, the man picks off everybody. You know, honestly, the 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 – the play that happened in the Super Bowl, I mean, they called against him, pass interference. I mean, if you watch Logan Wilson play, he's made that play all season, and I don't think it was ever called. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. That was a clean play. They called it. What are you going to do? He had a chance. I mean, he would if they wouldn't have called that, he'd have been a hero. So, you know, um, screw the refs. Logan Wilson, we see you. We recognize your goodness, your greatness. Man's a pick machine, okay? Do not sleep on Logan Wilson. One of my favorite sleeper linebackers coming into this year again, probably, uh, because, because he was a little bit injured. The season did not go as robust overall. So he's not going to show up near the top of a lot of the leaderboards, so he's going to be forgotten. So do not sleep on Logan Wilson. And the final player I wanted to bring up who I think is actually worthy of maybe pulling up his actual profile here because it is a, an incredible profile for a rookie. This is a rookie, all right? This is the man, the myth, the legend himself up in Buffalo, Gregory Roussel. If you all know, I love my Buffalo Bills Mafia. Let me uh, get this out of the way. All right, so what about Gregory Roussel? I'm just going to get this out of here. What about Roussel makes him uh, a player that I'm very interested in? 
Well, one, look at these points per snap for an edge rusher. Zero. 0.31. That's an elite number for any position, even a linebacker. Uh, and so you say, how did he even get there? Look at those tackles. The man had 50 tackles from the edge position at 531 snaps. I just got through kind of chiding. No, no, you know, not no one telling man how to do his job, but I did chide a little bit on our friend uh, uh, Chandler Jones. You know, the tackles just do. You know, some players don't like to get the tackle. Gregory Rousseau, as a rookie, 50 tackles on 531 snaps, 18 impact plays. He was a, a disruptive player out there. Almost 10% tackle rate, 10 quarterback hits, only converted uh, four of those to sacks. But I, I don't want people to sleep on Gregory Rousseau and what he did this last year because his sack numbers were not as gaudy as some of the other guys. Jalen Phillips. Um, who else was it? For, I believe it was a player for the, uh, Aziz Ojolari. Some of these other rookies came in, had seven, eight, nine sacks this year. Gregory Rousseau did not pop like that, but the tackle floor that he showed tells me that when he does pop, which he will, most edge rushers just, you know, they have a season or two and four, even four sacks on 50, on 531 snaps is still, I mean, that's good, you know? So, I think people are sleeping on him, and he moved up a considerable bit within the index. He moved up into uh, Tier 4, and honestly, by the time the season rolls around, he may well find himself in Tier 3 with players like Chandler Jones, uh, with some other players like Matt Judon, just to give you an idea of where I'm really going to be valuing Gregory Rousseau this year. Again, the gaudy numbers weren't there in the sacks, but the impact plays were there. Eight tackles for loss, four pass deflections from the defensive line position, and again, I cannot stress enough, 531 snaps. He is an efficient player. He is a playmaker. He has a high tackle floor by low. So, again, I have not seen much hype about him. Um, and when the Bills Mafia catches on, and they will, you know, shout out to our boys over at Cover One. If you all want to show some Bills Mafia support, that's where we rock. Um, they will catch on. And Gregory Roussel will not be available the way that you think he is. Maybe he's everything they wanted Ed Oliver to be. So let's see what we got here. Looks like we have uh, at least one more question in the chat. Um, Roussel was a beast when even when he was on the field. Uh, Buffalo swapped DL a lot last year. Yeah, they do rotate in and out a lot, but I think they, they generally find a way to get their best players on the field as well, which is another thing you have to love about Buffalo. Good to be a Buffalo Bills fan. So, okay, other news. Y'all probably want my reaction to Tyreek Hill leaving because I'm a big Tyreek Hill fan. I don't hate it for Tyreek Hill. I love it for Tua. I love it for Mike McDaniels. I believe that's his name, the new head coach down there. I like it a lot. I like it for Water. I like it for everybody, except for Patrick Mahomes. Um, we have never seen Patrick Mahomes play a full season without Tyreek Hill. We've seen him play stretches without Tyreek Hill and at times make players like Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman, Byron Pringle relevant. But he, I mean, you, they're not Tyreek Hill. Those are the facts. Um, I like bringing Juju in. I think that would be good, but I think we're going to see a different style from Mahomes this year than we're probably used to. Maybe he'll look a little more human like he has this last year. Um, you know, because Tyree Kill was still a playmaker, you know, and it's like a joke now. But I mean, I said like two or three years ago, like Debo Samuel is the next Tyree Kill. And people forget how versatile Tyree Kill is. You could, he was taking handoffs, you know, sweeps, these little shovel passes. You know, he was doing all that before Debo was doing it. He was helping Patrick Mahomes get a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns opening up a lot of things for a lot of different players. So I'm interested to see how the Chiefs bounce back from that. Tyreek Hill, I still have a lot of faith in. He's a, he's a, a quarterback's friend. I mean, again, we saw what happened in, in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year was historical. That doesn't happen without Tyreek Hill. 
So I think we see a big boost from Tua this year. I think that maybe Tyreek isn't a top three lock, but I'm still not, I'm not fading Tyreek Hill more than, I mean, he's still a top 12 wide receiver easily. And I know we haven't seen it, but that's just what I believe based on the talent and the, the kind of the, the, the scenario I see playing out there. I don't know how this, this uh, Miami defense is going to look either. So that's something I'll have to look into. Speaking of which, this year, we will be starting, and very soon, I'll be starting the full 32-team breakdown. Offense, defense. I did this last year. I didn't make it through all the teams because I started late. This year, I'm starting much earlier. All 32 teams. Going to try and make them 30-minute episodes. Offense, defense. Break it down for you guys. How I'm viewing them for a best ball. How I'm viewing them for dynasty. How I'm viewing them for the next year. As things shake out. Those will probably start right after the draft. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you're on that. But I'm not sure how this defense is going to look. You know, they still have Jerome Baker. They brought back Emmanuel Ogba. They have some really good safeties, but this is a team that Brian Flores built. And I don't know a lot about what Mike McDaniels is going to do or who he's even brought in defensively. I think that's going to obviously going to play into a lot of how they run their offense. So I have a little more research to do, but again, the talent is still there for Tyree Kill. Huge, huge, huge ups for Tua. Do not sleep on him as a top 15 quarterback this year. He's got the weapons to do it if he can stay healthy. I, I believe in, in in magic, and we know Miami, they're a magical place. I mean, we've seen some magical stuff happen. They're in a tough division. They're going to be tough to beat the Bills, but uh, I, I'm bullish still on Tyreek Hill. So I had to had to speak to that as a Chiefs fan. A Chiefs fan also very bullish on Juju Smith-Schuster. I heard Evan Silva like the day or two before he got traded to the Chiefs talking about how he was like his 84th player overall in his rankings, and it's just like, have we forgotten what Juju was? Even in that game in the playoffs against the Steelers, he was pretty good. I mean, Juju in fantasy football is basically if he plays a whole game a lot for like 12 points. And he can catch touchdowns, and he can play inside and outside. Now he's got the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, even, you know, and and of course he's obviously flown up people's rankings, but he's still the same player. I thought that was way too bearish on Juju coming in. Uh, I think the injury and him missing time last year really took away from the player that we know him to be. We've seen him be successful. Now with Tyreek Hill gone and Juju there, you know, I don't have him in my top 12 wide receivers right now. But I mean, if I, you know, but he's in my top, I think he's in my top 25 if I'm looking right here and he might go up. You know, you could look, you could see a Cooper Cup type of season at Juju Smith-Schuster, similar type of player. Um, you know, Cooper Cup was called the slot guy, whatever, whatever. But we've seen what good quarterbacks, good schemes can do with good players, you know. So I think we're probably still, even after, I don't know what the adjustments have been around the community. I moved him up a little bit. I was already kind of high on him. And actually, I want to show you all a trade really quick. Um, another thing to share. So this trade was uh, posted by Alfredo. Brown GM. He has a dynasty podcast friend of, of, of myself and some of, you know, the fantasy community in general. This is an interesting trade by him. Let's pull it up here. So he posted this the other day, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and a 2022 second round pick 203. And he traded away Juju in a 206. I just, you know, and I, I kind of, I post this in a group that I'm in or a fantasy football community created on uh, Twitter, which you all can find in my pinned tweet if you want to go check that out. And I'm still Juju side. We've seen one good, we've seen half of a good year from Amon Ross St. Brown, where literally all the targets had to be funneled straight to him. We've seen Juju 
you know, actually be an elite player and in some different situations and different circumstances. So my thoughts on this were that I think we're a little overhyped on Amon Ra and we're just way too low on Juju. But I'm curious what you all think. Leave me a, a you know a comment below what you think about this trade. Are you higher on Juju or Amon Ra? We'll just assume the, the picks. They're only three picks apart, so they're almost negligible in my opinion. So this looks like Amon Ra St. Brown for Juju straight up. Um, just to give you guys an idea, I do have them very close to each other in the the Dynasty Index, which is kind of a partner piece to the Ultimate IDP Index. Not as in-depth or as awesome because, um, you know, there's so much good information out there. I pour my heart and soul into the, Dyna the, the IDP Index. But Juju, still just 25 years old and like three months in. So very, very young. Amon-Ra, 22 and uh, 0.3. He's still playing on the Detroit Lions, okay? Juju Smith-Schuster is on the Chiefs now. And the path to Juju Smith-Schuster signing a five-year contract with the Chiefs is right there. All he's got to do is show up this next year and be half decent. Um, we're going to be talking about him probably in the similar way we're talking about C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Justin Jefferson now, which, if you will remember, was a way we used to talk about Juju. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about old school Juju. We should talk about old school Juju because he was a target hog. He was a yak monster. He was a broken tackle guy. He would get dirty between the 20s and he could score touchdowns. Okay. Love my man, Big Ben, but he caught Big Ben on the way down. Okay. He's catching Patrick Mahomes right when the fucking wind is hitting his sails. Patrick Mahomes just had a kid. He just got married. He understands what's at stake now as a football player. And Juju Smith Schuster's on his team. Guess what? Juju's has hardships too. He's been through it, too, with the TikTok stuff and all the, the crap. He wants to play football. And you've seen if you watch Juju Smith-Schuster's press conferences. And I'll leave you all with this, this, this emboldened note about Juju Smith-Schuster. The man loves football, okay? He is a passionate player. I am so excited to have him on the Chiefs. I'm honestly blessed to see him go from my Steelers to my Chiefs. I'm so blessed. So thank you, Juju. You're one good season away from let's go win a Super Bowl, my guy, because we have the people to do it. Um, don't sleep on Juju. Like I said, I was, I brought him up a little bit in my rankings. I wanted to bring up, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown. The situation is still not even, I mean, it almost might be the 32nd best situation to be in as a wide receiver one. And Juju's in basically the first best situation to be in as a wide receiver one. Two years difference, little, little injury stuff. Let's just pump the brakes. And this is no shade at my man Alfredo. I love Alfredo, but I would be very excited to get Juju for essentially Amon Ross St. Brown. <sighs> your singing voice is great, Jordan, says Josh Hall. Shout out to the guys of the Offensive Points Podcast. If you are not subscribed to our podcast and you are just listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, we have a full podcast feed where we have other shows, including the Dynasty Tailgate, including Offensive Points, football commentary, DJ and betting crap, um, NFL draft talk, all that other stuff that I can't do by myself because I'm the IDP guy. You already know that. Uh, we have the uh, Terrestrial Takes as well. So we have a lot of good shows on the podcast feed. That'll be in the pinned comment if you want to listen to the podcast. But if you're just here for the rankings update, appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for being here. It's been a good show. I've had a good time. Hopefully I answered your questions as best I could. Support us on the Patreon. If you can't support us there, just leave us a thumbs up. Leave us a positive review. Leave a little comment. Give me your, your takes on the Juju versus Amon Ra St. Brown thing. Follow me on Twitter at 50 Shades of Drunk. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week.